Welcome to the podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel, Bio Soul Integration. There, my goal is to help you integrate body and soul, to help you feel completely, express fully, and live authentically. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Eaker. Let's get into it. You know, in this video, there's there's kind of a natural part of the spiritual he- healing journey. Uh, there's a stage of the journey where we're being asked to sort of let go, let go of control and embrace trust on a larger scale in our bodies and lives. It's kind of a natural just part of the life journey, the healing journey. And I want to talk about how, where that sort of conditioned, habitual way, you know, of controlling in our bodies and our beings, uh, comes from how it shows up in our bodies and our lives and, um, how you can work with it to embrace more trust and sort of embody more trust. My name is Jay Eaker, and I'm here at the BioSoul Integration Center in Louisville, Colorado. And my job here, as I see it, is to help you uh, integrate your soul's gifts and your soul's essence so you can share those gifts with the planet, so you can fulfill your purpose, you can do the thing that you came here to do. Uh, so if you could like this channel, please subscribe to my channel. Uh, like it, share it, give me a thumbs up do that, all of that stuff, wherever you might see this on social media, uh, different social media platforms, as well as podcasts. You can find this wherever a podcast version of this, wherever you, you listen to your podcasts. So, um, let's get into it. Um, you know, people, they like to say things like let go and let God, or that we're just as supposed to surrender. Uh, you're just supposed to let go release, you know, release control, but that's not as easy. That's not such such an easy thing to do because this sort of control, the way we control, there's some level of control that happens on this really deep, um, level that gets stored in our system out of a perceived need to survive. So it's a matter of survival to some, to some part of us. And, um, also the way that we're controlling our lives is largely unconscious. Uh, so, you know, ironically, we don't really have control over the way that we're controlling everything. And it's unconscious because it's program that gets stored in our nervous systems, you know, on a, again, on a very deep level, the second we come into this world. So, probably two to four weeks after conception, there is a sort of fundamental layer of our nervous system that starts to form. That's kind of running the show from that period of time, from about two to four weeks after conception to about seven years of age. And during that time, that part of our nervous system is kind of running the show. And what it's doing is it's gathering information about how to do this human thing based on what it feels. There's no thinking going on like you and I think now. We're just feeling into our environment. We're relating directly to the sort of like energetic vibe, the energetic milieu. And uh, we're feeling into our parents and the culture, the larger culture. And we rely on the people around us and our media and our parents and the people that are taking care of us. We rely on them for our survival on some level. And so there's a strong sort of unconscious drive to sort of, um, fit in with them. 
and so this part of our nervous system that's feeling into our environment, it senses that the best thing to do is to do what they do. And so we feel all the ways, certainly we pick up on some of their finer points, but we also feel into the ways that they're pushing parts of themselves away. And we certainly feel into this way in which everyone around us is trying like hell to avoid feeling their human vulnerability. They're trying not to feel uh, vulnerability, the vulnerability and the uncertainty that kind of goes along with being human. Because we can't see into the future. We don't know what, you know, we can, we only can remember a certain distance into the past. And so there's some degree in which we are feeling as a human, we're feeling our way through this human thing, uh, in the dark, we're feeling our way, you know, in the dark. And so there's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of uncertainty that goes along with that. A lot of strong feelings in that way. And everyone around us is trying like hell doing what they can to not feel that. And so since we rely on them for our survival, we decide, well, that must be how it's done. So we start doing that. We start adopting those patterns, um, in our systems from the, you know, we started from that moment that we start to build our nervous system starts to build our system. We, those, those patterns get built into the very foundation of our systems. And so there's this way in which we, you know, like the people around us, we try to brace against life. We're like trying, there's a certain flow of life that should go through us. You know, we are one with life. Life is flowing through us. And there's a certain bandwidth if you want that is, should be moving through us. And we're sort of like bracing against that. And we're putting a, a limit on that. And that bracing, the way that we're bracing shows up on a number of levels. It shows up in our bodies physically. We use muscle tension to constrict the amount of bandwidth, life bandwidth that's moving through us. We use our posture to do that. Uh, we put a limit on the range and depth of emotion that will give ourselves permission to feel. We, uh, you know, it affects our belief systems, the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and where we fit into this whole thing and what this whole thing is and what God is and what is our relationship to God and, uh, you know, all these things that it affects those belief systems. And we put a certain limit on those belief systems and, this limiting kind of goes against the nature of life. Life wants us to be a full expression of who, uh, you know, an unhindered expression of who we are. And life is kind of constantly sort of forcing the issue. It's forcing, you know, asking us to turn into that um, person. And everything that we encounter in life is to get us to wake up and to sort of come to, to express ourselves to that great degree. And so whenever life asks us to feel more in our bodies or whenever it asks us to feel more emotions or wider, greater emotions, or whenever it asks us to sort of like expand, hold a larger, uh, expanded, way of thinking, you know, as far as the stories that we tell ourselves, a more inclusive way of thinking. And whenever life sort of like asks us to do that, 
this part of us that has been doing this job, it thinks of protecting us, uh, of maintaining control. It wants to sort of reassert itself. And so there's this primal fear that starts to come to the surface, our ego, uh, that's, you know, that's associated with this control feels that it's about to, you know, lose its job. And there's this primal fear that starts to bubble to the surface. And, uh, we're really good at stuffing that, you know, avoiding that fear before it gets, you know, we maybe just, there's just the inkling of it comes to the surface and it causes us to act. It causes us to, um, unconsciously, we try to reassert the limits, all the limits that we've created. So, you know, the way that that might look, uh, is that we might avoid certain, there might be certain people or certain situations that sort of light up or ask us to experience a wider experience more of ourselves. And we will tend to, you know, just, just a dab of that primal fear comes up and we will mostly unconsciously try to reassert those limits. Uh, you know, like a story from my own life, the way that that might look like I was raised, you know, in a conservative Christian household. And there are obviously certain beliefs that you adhere to about who you are and who God is and what your relationship with God is and all of that. And, um, those are pretty strictly, you know, strictly, uh, the, the boundary lines, the rules are very clear, you know, and I was sort of raised in that environment. And then, you know, I ended up going to college, got a little bit farther away from that. I went to chiropractic school, kind of interacted with a more diverse, um, you know, cross section of the population ended up coming to Colorado and certainly in Colorado, there's a, you know, in general, uh, a more, uh, expanded view of spirituality or at least the greater extremes. Of course the extremes exist anywhere, but you know, I ran into more open, I would say, uh, view of spirituality. And a lot of my friends, a lot of my close friends were more open in that, uh, regard than I was. And whenever, I, for whatever reason, felt those limits being stretched. That part of me that was maintaining control and, uh, you know, keeping me safe, uh, felt those limits being stretched. It would try to like reassert those limits. This, you know, primal fear would start to bubble to the surface and I'd feel like I needed to control. And so I might like proselytize to my friends, you know, try to get them on the same page as me, uh, try to, you know, invoicing my view of spirituality, both trying to sort of like reassert it and bounce it off of them. Um, but they, they, they were solid in their beliefs and it didn't, and it didn't budge them. So it made me, you know, it made me look at myself, kind of bounced the, the mirror, kind of mirrored me right back to myself and made me look at myself. And I see how it only sort of like separated me from them. And at some point I realized that's not what I wanted to do. I don't want to be separate from them or anyone for that matter. Um, Another way, you know, in which it shows up maybe 
you know, a client of mine asked me, like, you know, I don't understand, Jay, with the great work that you're doing here at the Bible Soul Integration Center, like, why, why is this place just not bustling with people? And, you know, I think on some level, the truth is that there's a program in me that says if there, if this, if there's a lot of people here, if there's a lot of money in the bank, a lot of energy that, um, it's, you know, it stretches a certain, unconscious control that I have, things start to get out of control. And some part of me wants to reassert that some part of me wants to make things smaller again so that I can, um, maintain, maintain control. And so everyone is doing this to some extent. And there are a lot of resources that we use to, to do this, to maintain control. Uh, to maintain those, to keep those limits in our bodies, in our emotions, in our belief systems. There's a lot of resources, a lot of energy that we're putting into sort of like containing that because remember, it's not natural. Life is, life is constantly sort of pushing against those limits so that we, in the direction of us expressing our more fuller, our more authentic selves. And so we're constantly trying to rein that in. And it requires resources to do that. And those are resources in our bodies, energy in our bodies that we don't get to use for healing, for adapting to our environment, for loving, for digesting our food, for fighting off bugs, you know, apropos to what's happening in the world right now. There's a certain level, I would say, our evolution requires a certain level of unbound energy in us. And that unbound energy is energy that's available for something new because life is constantly asking us to sort of evolve and become newer versions of ourselves. And when we're using every ounce of, you know, available energy to maintain control, there's none available for, for that, for our natural evolution. And so there's a way in which we're kind of like, uh, we kind of dam up the river, you know, like if life is a, a river asking and moving through us and asking us to evolve, there's a way in which we sort of like dam up that, that river, um, you know, and wall, create a wall, like as if you would put a boulder in a river, you know, the, 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 you can see the sort of the pressure that builds in that against that boulder as the river beats against it that kind of happens to us and our lives. And there's a way in which, you know, life will only tolerate so much of that before it kind of like, Hey, hits us over the head with a two by four, um, in some way to get us to, to get us to move. And that might be as very possible. That's what's happening now with this uh, coronavirus. I think that's on some level what's happening to all of us. Life is saying, Hey, you guys, you know, it's time to stop and pay closer attention because there's some change that needs to happen. And you guys haven't been doing it yourself, so we're going to help you along. Um, yeah, so uh, there's kind of a, a, as an analogy, like, I don't know if you remember uh, Laffy Taffy when I was a kid. Anyway, they had these like long, flat bars of what was called Laffy Taffy. And the interesting thing about Laffy Taffy was that you could bend it. If you wanted to like, if you take it and bend it slowly, it would bend, but there was a certain amount of rigidity in it that if you took it and slammed it on a table, it would break. 
And so we're probably, we're kind of like that, um, to the extent that we can stay more flexible and, um, you know, we'll be able to, and not, and store, and not have so much tension stored in our system and not be so rigid in our beliefs and our, uh, the limited range of death we put on our emotions, then, you know, we can adapt to our environment. And when, uh, and when things like what's happening now with the coronavirus, when that happens, <clears throat> we can adapt to that. We can roll with it. We don't, maybe we don't have to get really sick. Maybe that kind of moves through us and a change happens collectively and we sort of realize what it is that we were supposed to realize and it moves on. Um, yeah. And so you, when we encounter things like on all, on all levels, on that level, I don't know what that level would be a microbiological level, uh, on a physical level, if we uh, have a car accident on a level of stress, a mental, emotional level, the, the hard things that we encounter in life. Um, you know, if we're more flexible, we would be less likely, um, to break and more likely to sort of like, um, be able to roll with that, move with that. Um, this, uh, <clears throat> his name is, uh, Trumpa Rinpoche. He's this guy that one of the guys, I guess, or maybe mostly the guy who started Naropa. He's kind of a spiritual, a well-known, a renowned spiritual teacher and leader who was started Naropa here in Boulder. And, um, he's passed now, but I guess he said something to his students. He said that I have some good news and I have some bad news. And he said, the bad news is that we are constantly every moment falling to our deaths without a parachute plummeting to our deaths. Uh, that is just the nature of nature. But he said, the good news is, is that there's no bottom. So, uh, there's this way in which, you know, we, we, th through the control, the unconscious control that's in our system, we have, uh, the sort of understanding of like who we are and what all this is and where we fit into it. It's kind of like we're, we're, we got to hold on the sides, on the walls, you know, and we're, um, we got everything kind of all our identities lined up, you know, I'm a father, I'm a mother. This is what it means to be a sister. This is what it means to be a brother. This is what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to be healthy. This is what, you know, we have all these things sort of squared away and we know exactly where they fit in. So we kind of have this like hold a grip on the walls, you know, there's a certain level of safety that we, uh, an illusion of safety that we've created. We think we got a hold on things and, and you know, there is, can be a way in which we start to lose as life. Again, life wants us to feel more. Life wants us to experience more. It wants us to express more of ourselves. Those identities start to fall away and we start to lose the grip on the walls. And there's all of a sudden there's nothing to grab onto. Those belief systems are not that they don't create the same, uh, sense of, you know, safety and stability as they did. The tension in our bodies doesn't create the same sense of stability and safety, illusion of safety that it did. The limit on the range of emotions, you know, uh, those, those walls start to kind of like crumble and, uh, we start to fall. And 
in some way. And um, the, you know, the thing is, the, the trick is to just get used to falling, to get comfortable with falling. And, you know, there's a way in which we are falling right now. For those of you who are watching this sometime down the road, you know, there's this corona. I'm talking about this coronavirus situation. Lots of people are afraid because we're falling. We are out of control. Uh, do you, th we're getting shown the illusion of control. Do you think that before the coronavirus arrived that we actually had control? No, we never had control and we're getting to see it and feel it. Um, right now. And, you know, when that control, uh, when that control starts to fall away, uh, often what comes to the surface is this primal fear that I was talking about that gets stronger. And I think that's the fear that sort of everyone is feeling right now. Um, you know, also, as that starts to fall away, uh, the sort of situations that I shared where that, um, you know, was falling away, falling away in me, there is a change in the, if we can integrate it, uh, and let it happen, there's a change in the physical tension in our bodies. There's a change in the, you know, posture. There's a change in the emotions, emotional limits that we put on ourselves and consequently a change in the, the belief systems that we give ourselves permission to the expanded view that we hold of ourselves and life. And I think that's probably what's part of what's this coronavirus thing is trying to get us to do. It's trying to get us to hold a wider, a wider, more inclusive, uh, view, view of things. So, um, uh, you know, there's things like yoga and meditation and the work I'm doing here, bio-soul integration, and the foundation for that, uh, network chiropractic and body-centered psychotherapy. Those are all things that can help sort of lubricate the process of evolution, lubricate the process, bring some ease to the way in which control is constantly being sort of shaken out of us. Um, and also help build some skills for navigating it, for navigating the, you know, the more intense sensations that come up, the more intense emotions that come up, the, for holding a wider belief system, um, spiritual work, like those things can help, help uh, us navigate that, uh, and increase, awareness and sort of in create more intrinsic safety, uh, in the system because we are coming into relationship with our shadow stuff, the stuff that we've repressed. And so it's very handy when that comes to the surface to be able to have some tools for, for dealing with it. And so spiritual work, like those things that I mentioned are definitely, um, definitely helpful. Um, as it sort of the way it looks in my office here, there's kind of a certain way that it looks when that control starts to drop away. Um, interestingly, you know, there is a certain level of vigilance in our system. We got to constantly be ready. So when the thing comes, you know, I can put that, I can put that in the, the part of the spreadsheet that it goes into. All right. I understand that. I know where that fits. All right. Got that. Got that. 
um, you know, so that we can sort of, again, maintain this sort of illusion of control and safety. And there's a certain level of vigilance in our system. And which is why on some level, like if there's a lot of that habitual conditioned tension control in our system, you know, even when people are sleeping, they're still tense. People are sleeping and they start to relax a little bit. Emotions come to the surface and they start to grind their teeth. Uh, you know, that's part, that's this conflict in them. So there's this, there's this vigilance when I'm working with people and we start to draw their nervous system out of defense and that vigilance starts to drop away. They start to feel really relaxed. It's like super relaxed, maybe even sleepy and, um, in life they can start to feel fatigued. I mean, this is signs of any sort of spiritual work. I think that is helping control helping embodied control soften and how it will look. Um, in life, we start to feel fatigued. Like we just can't get it up to do life the way we did. And really what's happening is that on one level, we're learning to sort of live with a new baseline level of ease in our system. So we find that we can do the things that we need to do. We're just doing it in a more, getting used to doing it in a more relaxed way. We also might find that there are certain plates that we don't want to spin certain, um, identities, uh, that we don't want to maintain. Um, you know, these control patterns, they, yeah, they get attached to a lot of identities. You know, you're a musician or a plumber or an engineer or a chiropractor, or like I said, a father or a daughter or a mother. There's all this meaning that we attach to those identities. Um, a story, again, to sort of illustrate that. At some point, many years ago, before I met, long before I met my wife, it's kind of like I was in my 30s and I was getting, thinking, you know, I want to, okay, I'm ready. I was, a, you know, uh, a lone bachelor for a long time. And I said, all right, I want to get into a relationship, start dating people and, you know, there was this part of me that thought like I needed to add something else to my personality. I needed to be able to, I needed some more, some, I needed to be something more, you know, that I could impress the ladies with. Uh, and like any, I don't know, any rock star that you might ask, there's gotta be some degree to which they started playing the guitar or whatever, you know, to impress women. <laughs> And likewise, I decided that I was going to learn to play the violin. And I spent like two years trying to learn to play the violin. And as an adult, learning to play the violin is hard. It took a long time to get any sound out of that thing that was, could be considered music. So it was really hard. But really what was driving me was this sense of I was not enough the way I was, that I needed to be uh, someone else. I needed to be this like sort of Renaissance man, you know, who I was a chiropractor and a healer and I played the violin, you know, sounds so, sounds so sexy. <laughs> but, um, at some point, you know, uh, doing spiritual constant inner work that I was this, um, way that I felt like I needed to be more than I was started to fall away. 
And since that was the main reason that I started playing the violin and the main thing that was keeping me going through the, the rigors of playing violin, since that started to drop away, well, I just let go of the violin. All of a sudden, there really wasn't any uh, good reason to keep vi playing the violin. So that's kind of an example of this sort of like identities that start to drop away. And, you know, in letting go of that, in letting go of playing the violin, you know, there was a certain level of tension that I was maintaining in my body. I had to kind of like keep maintaining this, maintaining uh, that control. Um, and when, you know, I let go of that, let go of the violin, sort of was more okay with just who I was, you know, there's a level of ease on every level that happens physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so, you know, as far as back pain goes, you can see how back pain is related to these, this control and the identities and the control that we're trying to, to maintain. And that's how, you know, people feel better and they free up resources. I'm sure as that happened, there was more resources that I had available to evolve. There's more resources that I had available to fight off coronaviruses. There's more resources I had available to digest my food, etc. More resources I had available to recover from injury, etc. So the thing is, is this is happening anyway. Like I keep saying, life is kind of nudging us down this path. It's putting pressure on us to let go of control and express more of our authentic selves. Um, and so even if you don't do healing work of some sort, life is gonna, at different times, life is going to pull the rug out from underneath the control that you think you have. Just like I said, just like is happening now, you know, you might lose a job. You might, uh, you know, end a, a relationship might end somehow. Someone breaks up with you suddenly. Um, people pass away. People that were close to you die. Um, the coronavirus hits and all of those things maybe happen. You lose a job and someone gets sick, etc. You know, it's a really, again, just what's happening now is really sort of pulled the rug out from underneath us as far as, uh, control. And so anyway, life is gonna, um, life is gonna do that to us. Uh, life's gonna do that to us anyway. And it's really nice. It's really good. That's why doing work like this, doing any kind of work, spiritual work, meditation, even getting massage, doing yoga on a regular basis, anything like that is going to, you know, give you the capacity to roll, roll with what's happening. And, you know, these are examples of the many little losses of control, the many little deaths of a, a sense of self, a controlled, defended sense of self that happen over the course of our lifetime. And then, of course, there's the major one that happens uh, at the end of our lives. And my wife, she's a hospice chaplain, and she tells me that... Um, she tells me that, you know, we have to let go of all of these, of control, of all these little identities and all the control that we've been so dedicated to in the last months, in the last weeks, in the last days, in the last hours, in the last minutes of our lives, that control 
sort of gets squeezed out of us. It's like we can't make it to the other side uh, with that control still intact. And so, you know, the death process can be for those who are more dedicated to control uh, can be uh, pretty intense. And so I guess to say, you know, if you do the work now, you know, you should do the work now. It'll be less, if you're more acquainted with this kind of work now, it'll be less, uh, potentially less intense later on. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, again, just to kind of recap things, letting go of control is kind of a natural stage of the process. Fear is likely to come to the surface. Fear is likely to sort of like squirt into our heads. Uh, when it's unconscious, we tend to like see the world through the hurt, you know, through the fear. And, uh, you know, and we also feel more of it in our bodies, but we have this aversion of feeling in our bodies, so we won't feel it there. So it squirts into our heads and we think more fear and we think we need to go buy more toilet paper, <laughs> for instance. Um, but the whole thing is sort of designed so that we end up feeling it. And that is kind of the solution. If you want to cut to the chase, let your, and this is good advice right now for all the fear for people that are feeling afraid right now, as I am on some level, I won't deny it. Um, because there's a lot of uncertainty around every area of my life, you know, so there's fear coming up, but if you can give yourself permission to feel it, notice the flavor of it in your body. Where is it in your body? Does it have shape or volume? Is it moving somehow? Is it vibrating? Is it, what does it feel like? What does it taste like? Taste it with your attention and, 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 uh, reach to it with your heart. It's actually a part of you that's come a young, probably part of you that's coming to the surface, a part of you that got installed, you know, when you were really young, like I said, in the womb, a little kid, and so it's a young part of you that just needs love, basically. So try to love the fear, love that part of you that's afraid. And every nanosecond that you do that, it's getting integrated. And the control, that sort of habitual condition control and all the tension and all the bound up energy associated with that is sort of like getting digested. Uh, your heart can hold it all. Your heart can transmute it. All. And when you bring your kind attention to that, that's what's, that's what's happening. Um, the more you do that, the sort of like more, the sort of old, uh, you know, the more this sort of old, uh, certainty, uh, the mental, you know, the more the sort of control around certainty and vulnerability uh, a certain level of certainty and vulnerability turns into like a new level of certainty because we start to sort of see and feel that actually uh, life is holding us. Life is not screwing with us. Life is not screwing with us right now. Um, life is still holding us. It's helping us move to a better place, um, move in a direction of greater connection and greater love and greater you know, greater resource. So the more that we, uh, see the fear through the lens of love and feel it, 
the more it gets digested, the more it turns into something else, the more we connect to the larger picture on every level in our bodies, our thinking and our emotions. And, uh, the more we start to feel how life is actually, uh, got our best interest in mind. So I hope you like this video. Um, please like it, share it, subscribe to my channel and, uh, be safe out there. And I look forward to seeing you in the next video. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the BioSoul Integration Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my BioSoul Integration YouTube channel. You can also find me on the web at BioSoulIntegration.com. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day.